Welcome back to the Lessons for Tomorrow podcast, the motivational poster in your ear. I'm your host, Tim Melanius, VP of Strategic Initiatives at AmericanEagle.com. In this episode, we're going to be diving into a conversation with Kevin Cochran, Acquia's VP of Product Marketing. Kevin, welcome to the show. I'm very excited to have you here today. You've been a leader in the CMS industry basically since its inception, leading marketing teams at Interwoven, Alfresco, Adobe, Bloomreach, and most recently, SAP and now Acquia. You are excited to continue driving innovation in the digital experience space, just like me, so I'm thrilled that we're going to have a conversation today. And you are also a proud Stanford University alum where you studied international relations. Welcome to the show, Kevin. Great. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really happy to be here and very excited for our conversation today. Great. So let's let's jump right in. So as our listeners know, we're really all about lessons from the past to apply in the present for success in the future. So let's kind of start talking a little bit about what's been happening with the whole modernization of enterprise architecture. And when we talk about that, maybe just give our listeners a little bit of your definition of what that means overall and how CMSs kind of fit into that. Great. Well, it's really timely that we're having this conversation because we are at the dawn of a new age. Uh, a new age of the composable enterprise. And for IT organizations around the globe, uh, there has never been more exciting time to do a radical rethink of the entire web infrastructure stack and how to empower the organization to quickly deliver on customer expectations by rolling out new innovative services and new innovative experiences. Now, we've gone through many successive waves of innovation in the past. And this wave of innovation becomes most interesting because for the very first time, we're doing a radical rethink of the entire enterprise value proposition. What is it that you as an organization are able to deliver to the customer in order to help them accomplish a goal? And what this means is that in order to help the customer achieve that goal, you need to rethink business models and you need to rethink the services you provide as part of that business model in order to help the customer do something quickly, easily, cheaply that delivers them a delightful experience. And so what organizations have learned in the pandemic is that they weren't able to move fast enough in order to deliver new innovative services to the consumer who was now stuck at home. And so over the course of the past decade, many new technologies have uh, come to market that enterprises have embraced. And enterprises have embraced those technologies and implemented new solutions, new cloud native API first solutions to deliver point experiences to their customer. But at the end of the day, what organizations realized during the pandemic was the overall transformation of the tech stack and their ability to rapidly mobilize content and data and application services to package them in terms of new digital capabilities that they could deliver to the customer fell short. And so what's really exciting right now is organizations are taking a big step back and they're saying, Despite all of the wonderful technology we've invested in, despite all of the wonderful digital products and digital experiences that we've built, how is it that we failed to accelerate 
the delivery and wholesale transformation of all of our business services to deliver value to the customer. So this is kind of the dawn of what we call here at Acquia, the composable enterprise. And at the core of the composable enterprise is moving forward with one singular digital infrastructure stack, a digital infrastructure stack that's powered by an open digital experience platform that enables everyone in the organization, IT developers, marketers, you name it, to be able to take control of their digital destiny. Let's unpack that a little bit further, Kevin, and just really understand, right? The need for this has really stemmed from the fact, and you hit on the pandemic, which it's kind of always been brought up in most of the conversation on this show because of the impact it had in that digital transformation acceleration, right? Businesses were on the path to replace legacy systems or improve their need to reach the consumer, but the past year and a half has really forced them to accelerate that effort. And I always talk about the fact that within the first six months, it was the very fast, rapid implement something because we have to reach our customer to stay afloat or to to just keep doing business, right? And then it became now, I feel really in 2021, in the beginning of this year, it was, okay, now that we implemented that, we connected, now we've got to refine and replace the Band-Aid that was kind of put on a lot of systems. And when we look at a lot of the clients that we've worked with who have legacy systems and the limitations of the legacy architectures that were put into place prior to this massive shift in the digital first approach, where are some of the ways that Composable, as you bring that into the conversation here, how does that solve for either the limitations or how is that replacing the usefulness of the legacy systems that just maybe can't connect at that level. You talked about APIs. You talked about both IT and marketing being able to achieve what they need to digitally. How's Composable really solve for that? Yeah, it's a wonderful question. So let's first and foremost start with the premise, which is two premises, which is number one, you're always going to innovate by integrating and building new applications, right? So you're always going to want to be able to invest in, you know, the latest new marketing tool, the latest new, you know, IP tool. You're always going to be investing in new things. Let's make a second premise, which is all of those things that you're going to invest in, at some point in time, they become legacy, right? And so this has been the challenge that we faced, which is anytime we wanted to accelerate a new digital initiative, we did something net new on the side. And we never took into account the fact that we had all of this legacy infrastructure and that we had all these new innovative applications that we're building or deploying that eventually would become legacy. And so what composability says is composability says, let's take a stop, step back, and let's actually rethink our entire business operations and all of our business capabilities. And let's actually package them up as reusable atomic uh, modules. So for all of our legacy applications, how do we actually connect to those legacy applications, decompose those legacy applications, and build packaged business capabilities that surface core business value from those applications that can be used in the context of any digital experience that we want to create? Furthermore, anything net new that we build or deploy, how do we basically decompose that and build a set of packaged business capabilities, again, 
uh, that we could deploy in any digital application. And by doing that, what that means is that forevermore, regardless of what you're investing in, regardless of what you're ultimately going to sunset, you just have this library of packaged business capabilities first and foremost. This is at the heart and soul of what an open DXP is. It's all about having IT focus on building those reusable building blocks, those core business capabilities. And those business capabilities aren't necessarily business capabilities just directly from within your organization. They can be business capabilities that are connecting out through your business network so you can surface value from a third party. Then once you have those reusable you know, application building blocks, how do you then put on top of that a set of low-code, no-code tools that enable everyday business users to be able to access that centralized library and much like PowerPoint, be able to drag and drop and reuse and assemble those different services into new digital experiences. What's happened in the past is we've constantly invested in new things. We've constantly built new things. And all of those things that we've invested in and built have been locked up monoliths where there wasn't actually an ability for you know, IT to future-proof those investments. And there wasn't an ability for anyone else in the organization to control their digital destiny with those services. And so Composability says IT needs to focus on a core application architecture, building core library of reusable business services and holding that as a mandate for anything that new they invest in, holding that as a mandate to retrofit all legacy applications, and then turn over to the business the ability to actually mobilize those services, those capabilities into any digital experience. And I'll give you a good example of this. You know, if you are going to build a new mobile application, why should that just be something that IT builds, IT deploys that marketers have no control over? If you want to be able to mobilize a new voice interaction or chat interaction on your website, why should you have to go to an IT developer? If you wanted to actually build an entire agent portal so that someone who's walking to your store can access information about the customer and get a targeted list of recommendations of how they can best sell and service the customer, why should you have to go to IT in order to build and maintain that experience? All of those things should be assembled from just a set of reusable building blocks. Every single application service, access to all of the customer insights, access to all of the content resources, those should all just be part of a flexible, fungible, future-proof architecture provided by IT to the business, who again, just using simple drag and drop tools uh, can take control of their digital destiny. Kevin, if I can kind of distill down what you just said, which is excellent, I think that there's some key elements to just make sure our listeners are understanding, right? So when we break it down, a CMS, a DXP, whatever you want to call it today, there's kind of five core things that it needs to do, right? For when we modernize an enterprise architecture. It's security and compliance, right? The IT is always concerned about that. Today's day and age, we have to keep that in mind. Flexible architecture, which you were just talking about, the flexibility for a marketer to be able to go in and have these building blocks that they can build without dependency on IT, but IT has the mindset that the security and compliance is going to be there at the end of the day. For the marketer, it's also the ease of use where they can go and build a new digital experience to your point, and they don't have to go in and know 
in depth, the no code, low code solution, right, is they can go and drag and drop and build some of these out and connect to the internal company organization systems for the information that they need or the content to deliver in that experience that they're building out. And that really drives to the ability to be connected, right? All these different systems, there's content in different sources. There is dams, there's content hubs, there's print materials still today that are very applicable for some organizations. There's digital materials like videos or audio, how we pull all that together, that connectivity is key. And the composable architecture really gives you to that point, that building block of being able to connect into all of those, surface what you need, but you can do it without this massive project effort that is managed by developers and deployed by developers and marketers have a very minimal amount of control on the front end experience of that. And then lastly, to your point, scale and governance, right? Because an organization wants the security of knowing that there's governance in place, right? A marketer can't just go and build anything and connect to certain data points that might be more sensitive, but then there's the ability for them to build what they're able to build. And that governance and scalability is key. So out of those five things, when we look at all this, right, we talked a little bit about just the legacy systems, but when we're building this out, when we look at this new composable architecture, at the end of the day, it's really about what you said earlier. It's about the ability to keep pace with customer behavior and expectations because the customer is really driving the need for so many organizations to move beyond the whole impact of COVID and as far as digital transformation, the customer desire of give me the same experience as my phone app for Netflix or for something else that's intuitive for them. They're now bringing that to the B2B, B2C marketplaces and saying, hey, no, this is my expectation and you need to deliver on this. Is that fair in in your mind as a statement of expectations? 100%. At the end of the day, when you're talking about that flexible architecture, it actually is not just your content, not just your services, but it's also your data and democratizing insights into consumer behavior, wants, and needs. And what happens is when you're actually providing all of your marketers access to all of the consumer insights on how their behaviors are changing and how best to respond, You've got to empower marketers to move forward more quickly than they've ever been able to do so before. And the benefits of the composable architecture, the composable enterprise is just that. Marketers will be able to react at the speed of business, assessing changing customer requirements, and then without any bottlenecks, be able to deliver them the experience that they need. While at the same time, doing so with good governance, and with security built in at the core because all of the services that they're accessing all of the resources the data resources the content resources that they're accessing have been first and foremost secured made compliant by it with all of the rules and regulations around who can leverage what when where why and how so security and compliance at the core good governance baked right in but of course, enabling marketers to move quicker than they've ever been able to before. I'm really happy you brought up data. I love talking about data. So let's kind of spin on that for a little bit here. So when we think about just, again, limitations, what we've learned from the past, right? Legacy architectures really cause problems with data management, right? And the accessibility of the data 
either in the fact that everything was so siloed that to try and connect all of that to make intelligent decisions moving forward or to pull in and build a single user profile. And I know we talked earlier about just we're both acronym kings. CDPs is a big push right now. And the personalization that you can do through a digital experience platform, utilizing a CDP for the information that you have stored on that specific user, it's an individualized world today. It's no longer just personalized to segments. People want individual experiences. And with that, the data access in legacy architecture was difficult and it was confusing and it was hard to try and implement. But now composable architecture really gives us that opportunity, that flexibility where that data is, again, it's the connectivity. I can connect into all of them because those systems are built with that foundational mindset of a sharing capability. 100%. So let's just talk about the data side because it's the exact analog to everything that's happened in the content and application world. Anytime we've built a new application, anytime we've built a new customer endpoint, there's some amount of data that is suddenly now locked in to that individual experience, unconnected to anything else, unable to provide any insights into what the marketer might need to do next in order to keep that person engaged. So We've also bought multiple systems. Look at the proliferation of all of your new systems in your MarTech stack, all of those isolated points of data. And what we've done to try to correct against that is we've tried to put as much data as possible into a data lake and you know get a whole bunch of trained specialists to try to run reports against that data lake and then provision them to the right people. And the whole process is just madness. Locking data up in any individual experience or application, locking it up in a data lake, making a bottleneck such that you have to go to some trained specialist who knows how to generate Tableau reports against the data lake. It's all backward looking. It's all a bottleneck. It doesn't empower anyone to move in real time for some real time decisioning on how to drive real customer engagement. So. The world of the CDP becomes very fascinating because what the world of the CDP is saying for the very first time is we need real time access to every bit of customer information and event, and it needs to flow into one central system, which is optimized for marketers to be able to gain the insights that they need so that every time they're trying to compose a new experience or deliver some new content or service to the customer, that they have the information at their fingertips. They don't have to go to some trained specialists. They don't have to wait a month. It's always on, it's always there. And it's not just for the marketer, it's for everyone. Why is it that if I'm browsing online for a potential product, like a pair of running shoes that I wanna purchase, when I actually go to the running shoe store, why can't that same clerk in the running shoe store, be able to access my profile and see everything that I've previously purchased and everything that I've been recently browsing online so they can pick up the conversation. They can do that through the power of a CDP. Now we believe that a CDP is at the core of an open DXP architecture. Because when you talk about connectivity, when you talk about ease of use, when you talk about a flexible architecture, when you talk about security and compliance and you talk about governance, it has to apply to the data world as well. The flexible architecture means that you need to be able to incorporate real-time data from any data source and make sense of it. 
and stitch it together into a singular profile. The connectivity, all of the connectors to all of the different systems that you need to source data from should already be built and just something that you can just plug and play. The ease of use, marketers need to be able to make sense of it in real time. And of course, privacy, security needs to be baked in at the core because we're dealing with sensitive information that we are privileged to have for a period of time for delivering some sort of service or value to the customer. Consumer data privacy and protection is the hallmark of brand trust. So security and compliance and governance needs to be baked right in. All of that is now possible with the CDP. I would actually argue that to truly deliver on the promise of a composable enterprise, if you don't provision the insights to your marketers through a CDP, they won't know what to compose. They won't know what benefit the experience that they're delivering is providing. And at the end of the day, they'll just simply, again, fail to meet customer expectations, even if they're able to move more quickly. Oh, absolutely. The insights are so critical to the success of an organization with a DXP rollout. The aspect of all of what you just talked through and bringing it back down is just really the discussion around how to balance the flexibility and control through all of this, right? Because there's it's such an opportunity to empower marketers and IT and developers with a composable architecture for what's there. To your point, you have to have everything connected because without it, you're still having to have those individual subject matter experts of Tableau reporting or in other areas, mobile app development, right? It's giving the opportunity to be flexible yet controlled as you go through it. And you really hit home on just the people-centered aspect of it. And you mentioned two groups. And I just want to make sure it's very crystal clear. Those two most important groups are not only customers, but your employees. And the Bye. ability for this to empower them to do their job, to reach your customers at the points that they need to. And they're not delayed in doing that. And that's the key thing here, because the longer you're delayed, the sooner a competitor comes in and takes that customer away from you. And we saw that with the pandemic, too, when it came down to e-commerce sites and inventory. I talked about this a, a few shows ago, but just transparency and communication, right? I canceled yep. several orders last year because things were delayed, but the communication and messaging was not at all what I expected as a customer. And I said, you know what? I'm willing to go elsewhere, even though I've bought from that company for a number of years, because another place actually told me the truth of when I get it, instead of the last minute, oh, here's another delay, here's another delay. I just bought a couch. I can't believe this. There is a foam shortage in the world right now, foam. And I bought a couch in June from a very large, reputable organization. And I was like, all right, well, I'd heard about all the delays of everything. I'm like, all right, I'll buy it in June. We'd love to have it before the holidays. And their shipping dates were October. It's like, okay, at least we're upfront and told us that in the purchasing process. And then lo and behold, I get an email a week or so ago and it was, ah, sorry, there's been a delay. And now it's January. And I'm like, whoa, that's a, a big delay. Now I have to say, again, empowering your employees, called in, asked what was going on. They already had the information ready for us. They were immediately able to credit us the delivery fee and some other things because it's a large item, a, a large sectional sofa. And there was no question from their employees about the ability to do that, credited immediately. And I got an email immediately confirming everything that just happened. And to Great. me as a customer, 
that's an experience that sets a true I'm sticking with this brand and loyalty mark in my mind for them because they were upfront and honest. But I have to imagine behind the scenes, their systems were so connected. And I don't know if they have a composable architecture or not, but the way that that immediate communication happened and the ability for them to make those changes just is what this whole conversation has been about. It has to be flexible. You have to have the ability for those tools to do what they need to do without a delay. Now, I imagine if we tried to go back with some of the legacy systems of the past that I've worked on with some ERPs that shall not be named, that we will have long delays in the ability for that type of communication to happen. So I think this composable architecture, it's been in the wild now for about two years. I've kind of seen it really heavy in the past year, but it's one that I just know will just bring, to your point, ease of use, a sense of standardization for your organization's digital experiences. And then that key balance between adaptability and usable functionality that the end user needs. You hit on so many wonderful things there. And let me just highlight a couple, which is you talk about empowering customers, but also empowering the employee. And obviously, one of the things that you know we've come to learn is just as we see a, a change in requirements where B2B is operating more like B2C and vice versa, well, so too is the expectations that we have as customers for immediacy of information, immediacy of value and an ability to self-serve. So too, as employees, I have the same expectations. Mm -hmm. You know, Absolutely. working 100% digitally, I expect the same from my employer that I do from brands. And just like brands can build trust and loyalty, so too can employers build trust and loyalty. And what we've also learned in the pandemic is that we actually, as people, we actually crave and gain emotional satisfaction from actually interacting with other people. We were going down this weird path where we were becoming digitally disconnected because mm -hmm. we were so digitally connected, if yes. that makes sense. Oh yes, we it does. <laughs> disconnected as people. And in the pandemic, when we were shuttered up at home and we were only able to interact via Zoom, one of the things that we realized is that we actually miss being around people and actually enjoying the company of people as opposed to just staring in front of our phones. Mm -hmm. And so I think there was a real change there because then what happens is in the digital customer experience, what we're seeing now is a primacy on two things, not just the digital interaction, because we spent a decade trying to optimize the heck out of digital interactions, delivering new digital products and digital experience, all siloed as we talked about, but that's what we focused on. It's also the digitally assisted interactions that are taking over now, right? Mm -hmm. Because maybe you actually are frustrated that there's a foam shortage. You don't understand how that's impacting your delivery or what's gonna happen about it. You actually wanna talk to someone. You wanna hear a voice. As human beings, we get emotional, a satisfaction out of talking to people mm -hmm. and seeing people, right? Oh, absolutely. And so that's why right now, when you're talking about an open DXP and the notion of composability, it's not just for the customer experience, it's for the total experience because you've got to reinvent the employee experience and empower that marketer with access to all of the content resources that they need, all of the composable business services they need, all of the data and insights they need so that that marketer can not only create a digital experience for the customer, but that same marketer can actually create an experience for the agent mm -hmm. so that the agent, when you call them up, they know who you are. 
they hear your voice, they know you're frustrated, and they know how to handle the conversation. And they have all of the services at their fingertips such that they want to give you that credit, they can give you that credit. If you just want to know how much longer it's going to take till the phone comes in off the truck so they can build that couch for you, they have that information immediately available to them. So what I'm most excited about, super passionate about this whole transformation of the digital workplace, because we have totally neglected that over the past 10 years. We've been so narrowly focused on rebuilding our dot-com website and try to drive conversion and, you mm -hmm. know, trick customers into doing things that they might not necessarily want to do because we have all this random third-party data about them that they don't even know. <laughs> and now for the very first time, we're trying to get a little bit more personal and trying to really connect with people as individuals and empower marketers to leverage data to really deliver those individualized experience, but moreover, empower every agent, every employee to do the same thing. And yes. I think that this is a really positive change in our culture. I think it's a positive change in business. I think we've become more human through this pandemic. And I think in a composable architecture, we're empowering people. We're empowering mm -hmm. people. Absolutely. And those are our customers. They're our employees. I have employees that are my customers. My employees are my customers. I need to empower them to have conversations and help customers, right? We're mm -hmm. empowering people. Yes. And I'm going to take a nugget that you dropped in there and I'm going to pull this nugget out because I think this goes to the future aspect of where all this is going. And it gives us another acronym that we can start sharing. But TX, we love acronyms. TX, the total TX. experience. Total okay? experience. Because it, it was all about customer experience and then it became employee experience and then human experience and business experience. There's so many different ways that you can go down it. But at the end of the day, the total experience, experience is what we are focused on now because to your point, yes, we are digital, but we did go down that rabbit hole and we got so disconnected from the human element that everyone needs. And you hit the nail on the head. Last year, we saw that the Zoom fatigue is a thing. Right. It is researched and studied. And I know it from meetings that I would have constantly all on Zoom. It is not the same as being in person. Buying large ticket items was a completely different experience. But what happened? We saw an uptick in augmented reality for large objects like my couch. I did on my iPad and I plopped it in the living room and I saw that couch in my space. And I didn't yeah. have to just try and envision it, but I actually got to see it. Now, the other thing is the shift in that employee experience is then companies started shipping swatches out more. They were doing it before, but it became a whole nother experience because I couldn't go to a store and see and touch and feel what material am i going to like and some of those companies have hundreds of thousands of selections when you look at color and material type and everything but that total experience sums it up so well because it is about the empowerment of the customer and what they need to be able to accomplish and communicate and do alongside the employee and that employee yeah. is two different types of employees or three it being able to empower the marketer so that they don't have to come to IT for everything. And that marketer able to empower the customer service rep, the sales right. rep, whoever it is inside their organization, there's so many people impacted by the fact that you build a composable architecture and you empower people to go and build what they need to build to have those relationships happen to deliver that total experience. When you really consider what's happening there, it is all about the fact that we take a digital experience 
and we put a human element into it. And the generations are different. I call. I'm a caller. I love to get on the phone and talk to people. I have younger sister-in-laws who are completely all digital. They will live chat all day long with whoever they need to live chat with or talk through messenger or whatever it may be. Apply that same human experience, that total experience to the generational differences of your audience as well and your employees. Yeah. So let's unpack this because this is absolutely a wonderful example. And let's take a step back. Think about, we talked about the connectivity, the ease of use, the flexible architecture, and people tend to think about that in terms of, you know, connecting legacy systems like, you know, their commerce infrastructure, their ERP infrastructure. But when you're talking about the total experience, look what else has happened over the course of the past several years. We've invested in all these new systems of record and systems of engagement for the employee. There's been a huge proliferation of technology in the HR tech stack, just like within the MarTech tech stack. So the connectivity and the flexible architecture needs to apply to all of the systems that employees are using as well. And why that becomes important is because for the exact scenario that you highlighted, you know, you're going to be doing a large ticket purchase. You need to be able to visualize what your couch is going to be able to look like in your home before the purchase. And you can't go to the store, so it's very difficult to visualize. And so you're going to use this fairly sophisticated tool that's been provisioned to you online that empowers you. Yes, wonderful. But that might be difficult to, to use. You still might not understand all the options on how to rotate the couch or position the couch or best visualize the couch. So maybe you need to start chatting with someone online. If it's your sister and say, Hey, what about this, that, you know, what can I use here? What can I use there? You want some real time assistance, or maybe you want to pull up a video chat with a live agent. And so for those agents that are on the other side of that chat, how do we enable them with all of the information that they need so that they are truly subject matter experts, right? Yeah. So that means you have to integrate all of these HR systems so that you can basically identify who's the right subject matter experts. You can make sure that that right subject matter expert has already had all of the background training that they've needed to become an expert in that online tool so that they can help answer any question that you have about how to rotate the couch or change the color swatch or so on and so forth. So that the moment that you start that video chat, the agent can say, hi, I am here to help. I'm an expert in this. I know exactly what you might be challenged with. Let me teach you how to best use this tool and mm -hmm. get the best visual representation of your product, right? Oh, we got to empower yeah. employees to be absolute subject matter experts because again every employee as far as you're concerned that employee is the brand mm -hmm. so you want some knowledge of the entire organization to be inculcated in that one person so how do we empower that person through the integration of all of our hr tech stack so they can literally be that brand ambassador for you and to your point the generational divide think about it you know we're tech savvy not everyone is tech savvy you know yeah. It's not just a generational thing. I mean, just some people are, my brother, for example, you know, he's just less tech savvy. You know, he's just less comfortable using online tools. So having someone that's able to help him and, you know, take away any concerns, well, I might do this wrong, I might do that wrong, you know, have an actual agent available online 
to assist them with that experience. This is the total experience. Absolutely. I love that. And I am going to definitely use total experience more moving forward here. You and I can coin that one together and really just take that to the market and see uh, you know, how long it takes to start trending. But overall, Kevin, I cannot thank you enough for this amazing conversation. I, I want to keep it going, but I want to be mindful for our listeners' time too. So for all of our listeners, again, Kevin Cochran from Acquia. Senior VP of Product Marketing. It's been a great conversation about composable architecture, a lot of different ways, really truly ending with how do you look to focus on delivering that total experience? And Acquia, as a partner of AmericanEagle.com, definitely has the Open DXP. They just had a great acquisition earlier this week with Widen, uh, the DAM, a digital asset management system that's going to be able to plug into that Open DXP and truly give you that ability for that content hub, that connectivity that we've been talking about. It's going to be incredible to see the growth and opportunity that that brings into the market for really building out these new architectures of the future in the composable frame. Thank you for tuning into the future by listening to the Lessons for Tomorrow podcast. More information about the topics discussed today, check out the description of this episode. And again, if you like this episode, please be sure to follow this podcast wherever you listen to them to stay up to date with us. While you're at it, if you wouldn't mind giving us a rating and sharing this podcast with others to prepare them for the future. And also, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Lessons for Tomorrow. This episode is brought to you by AmericanEagle.com Studios. I'm your host, Tim Alanius, and I'll catch you in the next lesson.